1: 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal! Goal. Goal. Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from the opener to launch angles to clutch moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next, from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. A's. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Some people question whether good or bad and did it work because they're talking about the London games right now. Now we're going to overanalyze the London games. I'm going to tell you right now. It's good stuff. No matter how you slice it, growing the game and taking it overseas and giving our game to other places is it's never going to be a lose. Now, Major League Baseball is going to lose some money on it, but no, they're not in the long run. No, they're not. And one of the reasons why, really good article on The Athletic where they hooked up with some people that have been a part of the NFL. Now, this was great. This was great. So the Yankees game one scored 17 points, right? So there's been 24 official NFL games in London. Because back in the day, like my old partner, Bill Romanowski, like the 49ers would go over and play. But they weren't official games. So there's only been 24 official NFL games in London. 15 of them, teams didn't score 17 points as much as the Yankees did. And uh, the Raiders, yeah, they're on that list. Both times the Raiders, they went and played the Dolphins and played Seattle last year. Both times the Raiders have played in London, they haven't even scored 17 points. The Dolphins one was the bad one, right? Head coach gets fired on the way back. That was a uh, that was a Dennis Allen. That was not a good one. So how about that? The Yankees scored more than fifteen NFL teams did in London on the first game. And I, you know, the games are long. Yes, I get, but in the end, you're growing the game. And one of the things that Major League Baseball and I love this is that they understand. So this guy went to Mark Gannis, a consultant to the Yankees, said he was wowed during the two games that people were standing in the upper reaches of the upper deck. From his conversation with MLB officials, Gannis said baseball plans a, a major business effort like the NFL once the games are gone. Because the NFL stays in Europe. The NFL doesn't leave. There's a, they have a headquarters there, and they got people who work there, constantly promoting the game. So, yeah, you'll have the games over in London, and then the football season's over. No, they got offices there. They got people trying to grow the game in in, in the U.K. He says, quote, here and Germany also are going to be major. You know they're going to try and make them significant outposts. Germany is next. I would be so down to go to Germany with the athletics and watch A's game in Germany. That would be incredible. Like, Tokyo's incredible. This would be incredible. But this is the thing right here. Asked why, given the dearth of grassroots baseball play, Gannis replied, now this is the consultant to the Yankees. This isn't Chris Townsend. This isn't the A's. A's cast live. A's cast. Powered by TuneIn. This is a guy who's a consultant for the Yankees. Asked why, given the dearth of grassroots baseball play, Gannis replied, sports betting. Sports betting? You can't bet on baseball. It's in the clubhouse. Pete Rose, it's the death penalty. You can't, uh uh-huh. Isn't it amazing what happens and how people can change legalizing certain things. Because they can make now make money off of it. Prohibition, folks. There was a time in this country you couldn't drink alcohol. Guess what? They figured out how they can tax it and make money off of it. Go ahead. Drink up. Remember when marijuana was such a taboo topic? Marijuana, and this was probably before even I was alive, how people viewed marijuana. (gasps) There is a, how do we want to put it? There is a store across from the Oakland Coliseum, a weed store. You can drive right outside the Coliseum. It's right there. It's right there. It's legal. While sports gambling has long been legal in Europe, The recent legalization in the U.S. has jogged MLB to realize betting on baseball overseas will increase interest. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting three betting parlors in the city, Gannis says from London. (laughs) Ha ha! Oh, let me read that to you again. This is the consultant of the Yankees. This isn't Chris Townsend. This is is Mark Gannis. I hope I'm pronouncing it. Do you think I'm pronouncing that right, Cody? Gannis? Yeah. Gannis? He's the consultant of the Yankees. Says, quote, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting three betting parlors in this city. I've been to London. I was there last year with the Raiders, and I'm going again. When the Raiders take on Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears. How about that? Baseball brought the Yankees and the Red Sox to London. And they spent a ton—they're taking a bath on the deal. It cost a lot of money. Everything that they did cost a lot of money. But the consultant of the Yankees is saying the reason why baseball's doing this, oh, it's to, it's to grow the game. It's to make the game a more world game, blah, 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 blah. As my dead father always said to me, follow the money. Always follow the money. They know that in Europe they love to gamble. Gambling's huge. Soccer, cricket, they probably can bet on anything. They know that gambling is going to be huge in Europe. And I had that one article for you last week. I can't remember which guy it was. He goes, hey, listen, we've got more games than anybody. Football, you got 16. We got 162. Basketball, you got 82. We got 162. They're trying to get the U.K. and Europe hooked on baseball so they can make way more money Because of gambling. Is it because of the good of the game? Really? I don't blame them. It's business. I'm not, I'm not, hate. I'm all, I'm all for it. I mean, do you realize they try and tell us working for a major league baseball franchise, we can't, we can't do fantasy baseball. If you're into fantasy baseball, think about that. They tell you you can't do fantasy baseball, but they're blatantly telling you about gambling and legalized gambling and how baseball wants in on the gambling business. Things are changing. I don't I have a feeling as of next year organizations are not going to be worried if you're uh, if you're playing fantasy baseball. Kind of seems ridiculous, right? When people who are working for teams are talking about the gambling and but back home it's like, "Hey, how <laughs> You you can't have a fantasy baseball team that you paid ten dollars to get into the fantasy league. Yeah, but they want hundreds of millions of gambling money in Europe. Oh, by the way, you can't have a you can't you can't work for a major league baseball team and have a fantasy team. By the way, do you know who was the sponsor of the Tokyo Games while we were there? I want to see if it's on the ball. I'm holding my. I haven't even taken that. I haven't taken it off. So I have a in my hand. Here, fuck it. You can hear it. In my hand, I have the ball from the Tokyo Games, the opening series 2019. I kept it, and it's here in my home studio. Authenticated. It is a ball from Japan. It is a Major League Baseball. It's still in the wrapper. I'll take the wrapper off. Cody, will you confirm in my hand that I have a baseball from the opening series? This is a Major League Baseball from Japan.
2: Uh, Confirmed. The ball is in your right hand as we speak.
0: Do you know who was the sponsor of the opening series this year in Tokyo, Japan, between the Athletics and the Seattle Mariners? I don't remember the top of my head, but I'm going to say it's either DraftKings or what's the other one, FanDuel? It was MGM. Oh, so we got a a casino. The casino company sponsored the Tokyo opening series because you know what they're trying to do? Outside of Tokyo, they're trying to create this, like, casino world where they're going to have all these casinos because there's 13 million people in Tokyo, and then the greater surrounding areas of Tokyo, there's like 46 million. You think New York City's big? New York City's small compared to Tokyo, Japan. And they're trying to create a gambling world outside of one of the largest cities and areas in the world. Yeah, we don't want you playing fantasy baseball back home, but we're going to let MGM Graham be the sponsor of the opening series. Pretty, pretty funny. Now joining us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend is the All-Star. How are you doing? I got to think this was uh, – this has been a uh, – these past couple days have been pretty special.
3: Yeah, it was good until I took batting practice. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> so it lasted like, you know, 24 hours.
0: Well, hell! I mean, after the game that you had on Sunday, I mean, that was a that was a pretty good because you knew about the All-Star game before the game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. So that that was uh, it was nice, but I mean, it didn't didn't take any pressure off me. I think it's just good luck because uh, I was over two to start that game, and I was like, oh man, here we go, but. Dug myself out of that one. We got a win and got out of there, so it was nice.
0: Matt Chapman with us here on A's Cast Live, and, and I think about not only you hearing about you making your first All-Star team, but doing it back home where I'm sure you had family and friends in the stands. That had to be really special.
3: Yeah, it was cool. Uh, it's, I mean, definitely a dream come true, and to be able to, uh, you know, do that and see my dad and stuff. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because with the parents and everything, you know. They took you to all those games. They were a part of it. Then all the way through high school, then at Cal State Fullerton. You know, talk about what it means to your parents, the
3: fact that you're going to be in the All-Star game, and they were a big part of your career. Yeah, I think it's just a dream come true for all of us. And, uh, you know, my mom keeps telling me I'm living out my dad's dream.
0: <laughs> <So>.
3: <laughs> well, it's a special time.
0: What do you think it's going to be like heading to Cleveland?
3: It's going to be a lot of fun. Um you know, I uh, wanted to do the Home Run Derby, but I don't think they got a spot for me, but uh, I can't, I'm just excited to be there and be around all the great players in the game and just try and learn and just have fun. I'm glad you say that because so many guys shy away from Home Run Derby. I'm thinking national spotlight. Why would you not want to be a part of Winter that? Winner gets a million dollars. So, I mean, why? what do I have to lose?
0: <laughs> hey, that could end up being an easy million dollars to make. That's
3: what I thought. Yeah, I would love to
0: see in it. I mean, and we were talking over the weekend going, love to see Chris Davis in it. Would like to see Shohei Ohtani in the home run derby. Yeah, that guy's got some juice. When you look at him as a player, and I'm thinking, okay, we saw how filthy he was as a pitcher last year. He's got number one stuff. And now to think what he's doing offensively, I mean, we really haven't seen anything like that since Babe Ruth. Do you marvel at that, that he's got two-way talent like that?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, that is pretty pretty amazing that he's able to do that at the highest level. That means you're a pretty, pretty damn good athlete. Um, but, you know, I think he's doing it, you know, in a time that it's almost impossible to do things like that. You know, throw that hard and hit homers and play. You know, today's game is as good as any, you know, era of baseball. So for him to be able to do that is, I mean... One of the more talented players of all time. Yeah, and Bob Melvin has told me
0: that uh, you've said to him, you think you could go out there and pitch.
3: Yeah, but I would need Tommy John after that first outing (laughs) probably. So I could go pitch an inning and then miss a year. (laughs) They always talk
0: about how your first All-Star game is when you walk in and you, obviously being a star, are with all these other stars. Have you thought about that when you walk in and it's
3: all those guys in the American League that you compete against? Uh, on a basis it's the best of the best yeah i mean i'm i couldn't be more excited i'm just extremely grateful to you know represent our team and uh you know i'm unfortunately i'm the only guy on our team going but i'm gonna you know do my best to represent us well
0: i'm not gonna be shocked because you know guys end up bowing out injuries and stuff happen i'm not gonna be shocked if you're going with somebody else
3: that would be awesome That would be amazing. So, I mean, fingers crossed.
0: And I think about the guy that plays left of you. What does it mean, Marcus Simeon, to watch a guy lead by example, play every single day, works as hard as anybody, and the year he's having, putting offense, defense, and putting it all together?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch, you know, being with him for the last, you know, two and a half years, seeing all the work he puts in every single day, no matter whether he's feeling good, feeling bad, he's sick, he's got a lot of energy. He puts the work in no matter what. You know, he doesn't complain uh, ever, never wants to miss a game. Uh, you know, there's not many guys like him. Um, I've never really played with anybody like him. And just it's pretty cool to see, you know, how he's transformed himself into just becoming a great player. And, you know, he's he's just getting better and better. And I think he's going to continue to get better. The other goal Glover is red hot right now. And, yeah. I, and I think if about he didn't get hurt, you know, he would be right there, too. He, he
0: could be leading the league in, in dingers right now if he didn't for break real. the handmaid. And for I real. think he'd be going with you. And, and it's just, talk about what he means, not only from a standpoint of
3: offense,
0: but how good he is at defense. You guys know that you can try and do anything you can, and he can pick you up by picking it because nobody's better than him.
3: Yeah, he's the best first baseman I've ever seen. Um, and to have that big of a target with that good of hands, I mean, it just goes to show uh, why our whole infield was nominated last year for gold gloves because... He, you know, saves our asses uh, a number of times. So there's a lot of guys who
0: love to play the game, and they love the things that come with the game, because obviously being a professional athlete, you you get a lot of perks, right? There's a lot of money. There's a lot of good things. But not everybody just truly wants to win. And I think the one thing I've learned about you, and kind of like when I filled in for Vince Catronio, and I see you guys coming off the field after – You're all about winning. Now, no matter what you do on a daily basis in the game, whether you go 4 for 4 or 0 for 4 in the end, you truly care about the W. Talk about that mindset that you bring every day.
3: Yeah. um, You know, I think it's just one of those things you either have or you don't. It was never really, I mean, I guess you could say it was taught to me, but I I think you either have it inside of you or you don't. And that's just kind of how I've always been. Ever since I was a little kid, I just wanted to win at everything I did. And I was competitive. but it, it is all about winning. I mean, that's why you're here in the big leagues, to win championships and go to the playoffs and win. You know, in college I won. In high school, we were always winning. So even when I was younger, all the teams, you know, we were taught to win. And it was about the team, not about yourself. So for me, being a good teammate and being part of the team is doing whatever you can to help the team win. And that's all, you know, that's all I've ever known. So. For me, it's it's easy. I just work hard and try to win ball games, and I feel like that's how you earn the respect of people around you and your teammates by just going out there and playing to win. It's not all about you.
0: And I think about where your team is right now, kind of reminiscent of last year, where you got off to a start you probably weren't thrilled with. You battled with getting to 500. Now it's great taking three out of four from Anaheim, and you're in a situation where you're seven games over 500. And it's now time to put the pedal to the metal and really kick this in like last year. Do you guys got that feeling like you had last year?
3: Yeah, um, it's hard to like put it into words exactly um, because you don't want to like be like, okay, now's the time to go. And if, you know, we don't have a good series or don't do this or that, you don't want to like, be like, oh, we can't do it now. But I think that we're going in the right direction. We're playing the good brand of baseball. And when you're playing like that, you're not really thinking about it, you know, you. You're just playing to win you're having fun and then good things happen so i think for us it feels a lot like that where we're confident and we're not you know putting too much pressure on anything we're having fun uh we're going out there expecting to win not hoping to win and good things happen
0: you know i had this you guys have outscored your opponents 76 to 42 in the last 13 games And you still really haven't gotten KD really going yet. Mm
3: -hmm. How scary is that for opponents? Uh, It should be scary, you know, because that guy, you know, is our best. He's our best hitter. He's the most important hitter in our lineup. And when he goes, we go. I mean, he's dug us out of so many holes and so many comeback wins and big homers. Um, You know, I can't wait for that guy to get healthy and get hot because he can he can carry a team by himself and he can change a game with one swing of a bat. So, I mean, we're able, you know, we're keeping it afloat right now, but when KD comes back, it's going to be really nice.
0: And how about what you say about Mark Canna, who's done a terrific job filling in for him when KD has been out? Yeah,
3: that's what people don't realize. You know, we got a really deep team. You know, our guys that come off the bench are huge. Look at Chad Pender, look at Mark Canna. I mean, those guys, in my opinion, could even be all stars for, you know, coming off the bench and doing what they do and being able to hit all those homers with that little of that bats and playing time. I mean, Mark's numbers are dumb right now. Like, he's going off. So. Uh, it's nice to have guys like that because, you know, if one guy goes down, we're always there to pick each other up, and guys always step up on our team, so that's nice.
0: As a guy who's becoming a leader of this franchise in this clubhouse, you got a kid out there, Franklin Barreto, who thought he should have made the club out of spring, went down to AAA, struggled a little bit, got it back. He's now back, and Bob Melvin just told us on the Bob Melvin show he's going to get a true opportunity to play on a regular basis. How can someone like yourself help Franklin? get it going here at second base
3: yeah i mean i've i've played with franklin going you know three years on in the minor leagues and i know what he's capable of and i know how good he is because he is good and i know it's always hard to adjust at the major league level i mean it took me a while to get going too after my first 100 at bats i was hitting 190 or something like that uh so it's hard to adjust to this level especially when you're not playing all the time so i really hope he does get an opportunity um And for us as teammates, it's just about trying to give him as much information as we can to have success and then try and just keep him on the same page as all of us and just whatever we can do to help him feel more comfortable and kind of get, you know, settled into the big leagues and give him a chance to have success because I've seen what that back can do, and that can only help us.
0: You know, Liam Hendricks was walking by earlier today, and I said to Liam, I said, hey, uh, 23 of your last 24 appearances, you've only given up one run. That's a 0.31 ERA in his last 24 relief appearances. Talk about how he has really stepped up for you guys in the back of the bullpen. Yeah. Uh,
3: Just, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, trying and going down or, you know, maybe some guys having a little bit of struggles early in the season, which, you know, it's still a lot of season left, a lot of time for guys to turn it around. Uh, But Liam has been there to pick us up. Uh, We've had a little bullpen struggle, sure, but. Uh, Liam picked us up and he came in and did a really good job Um, and it's been huge. You know, he's, he deserves to be an all-star and the things he's been doing are great and I just can't wait till the rest of our guys get healthy and, you know, there's a lot of season left and just to have an arm like that and then have our other guys coming back around, we're going to be really good. Well, we really appreciate the time. We love when you come over here
0: on Ace Cast Live. Congratulations on your first all-star appearance. We're all going to love watching it there in Cleveland and, uh, If you're not in home run derby, so just hit a home run during the game. How about that? Matt Chavin, thank you very much, man. We really appreciate it. The third baseman for your Oakland Athletics. We have the big left-hander. Dan, let me tell you, Chris Townsend here with A's Cast Live. We're on the field uh, watching now the Twins getting ready for batting practice. It's an honor to have you on. You're one of my favorites on the MLB Network. Thank you. It's my honor to be. Hey, how about the swinging A's? What's going on out there? They're hitting jacks. Uh, let me t- let me tell you how it goes. Well, here's our mantra: ball goes far,
1: ball goes far, team goes far. Gotcha. Let me ask you this: Are you surprised with all the injuries to the rotation that they've been able to weather the storm? I, I, it amazes me how Bob Melvin continues to get this team to play when it looks like. The odds are stacked against them. They start the year. Mania, Montes gets popped for the PEDs. Manaya's on the shelf. A.J. Puck, the future looks so bright for him. Big expectations going into the season. He starts the year uh, injured. I mean, how in the
0: world are they doing this? You know what? Normally I would say, yeah, I'm shocked. But last year, they used 15 different starters. So they're doing the same thing they did last year. The only real difference between last year and this year is the fact the bullpen hasn't been so good. And why is that as a guy that had an illustrious career as a closer? I f- don't
1: know. Why are they different? Lou Trevino Why- was the best kept secret in baseball last year, right? Blake Trinan was literally unhittable. And unfortunately, it seems like every time I watch Trinan throw, he throws great. And it's just, it amazes me. He has as good a stuff as anybody in baseball. I love his stuff. And Trevino's stuff is still real good. That's the up and down part of the bullpen life, the life of the bullpen from one year to the next. That's why it's so hard. Like when you look at what Mariano Rivera did and what Trevor Hoffman did over the course of time to do it year after year after year, it's the most fouled part of Major League Baseball. Without a doubt. One question I need to ask you. Shoot. Outside of Oakland, I'm real I'm telling you I am the biggest Mac Chapman fan. I think he's one of the top young players in the game that doesn't get enough credit for being as good a player as he is. Do you agree?
0: No doubt and when he was in the minor leagues before we really got to see him, Bob Melvin told me his nickname by the coaching staff is Captain America. And he has lived up to it because there is nothing he can't do. I mean, he leads the world in defensive runs saved over the last two years. We're now seeing him drive the ball out of the ballpark, and, and he's doing it to opposite field. I mean, you think about it as a pitcher. When you know you have a third baseman with that strong of an arm and he has the reins of a shortstop, how much do you like that as a pitcher?
1: No doubt about it, right. I, I'm telling you, he is a tremendous player. And I think he's as good. I thought that Adrian Beltre was about as good as anybody in the game on that slow roller or that bunt down the third baseline. But Matt Chapman, he comes in, he makes that play. He reminds you a little bit. He looks as comfortable at third. I thought Eric Chavez, he was another guy that didn't get enough credit for as good a defensive third baseman that he was for a long time for the A's. Matt Chapman is a tremendous player.
0: Let me give you a stat for your broadcast if Liam Hendricks comes in tonight. Liam Hendricks right now. And twenty four of his last twenty five relief appearances, he's only given up one run for a zero point three zero ERA. How good is that?
1: For real. I've got a stat for you. I'm looking at the MLB research packet. Do you know that Mike Fires hasn't lost since May first against the Red Sox? (laughs) Yes, we do know. He is six and zero with a 2.39 ERA in his last ten starts. Mike Fiers is on fire right now for the Swinging A's.
0: Oh, it's been fun to watch the veteran, and he called it. He said, "Listen, I've been getting beat up," and he told everybody in the clubhouse, "I'm better than this. I will lead." And he throws that no hitter, and since that no hitter, you got that stat at six and zero with a 2.39 ERA. He's been fantastic. And then looking on the other side, as I'm watching the Twins warm up right now. You know, if they hit a home run tonight, they're going to tie for the most home runs the Yankees last year before the All-Star break. How surprised are you of all this power and how good the Twins have been?
1: You know, we do the 30 teams in 30 days, and the Twins were the very last team that I did the last day in March. I walked away. Friend Charles did that 30 and 30 with me. I walked away, and we have to give our prediction at the end of the show, right? And I predicted the Twins would win the Central I was buying because the players they brought in, Marwin Gonzalez, Nelson Cruz, I thought Kepler was about to take off. But the biggest thing, I thought Barrios really took big strides. Their pitching is legit. Now, with that said, you know, a lot of people were thinking, boy, if they were like Craig Kimball or a real solid closer away, they would be a team you'd have to take really seriously. But I think, as you've seen, that is a really good team. They can score runs. Their bullpen's good. Their rotation has been really good, too. They're kind of like the sleeping giant. I think everybody just thinks because they're from the AL Central and the Indians are down this year that they don't take the Twins serious. You better take him serious because they can go really deep into the postseason.
0: The great Dan Plesak joins us here on AceCast Live with Chris Townsend. You can watch Dan on MLB tonight throughout the season. Plus, the first 35,000 fans attending tomorrow's A's game will receive an MLB Network tote bag. So it's great to have you on and promote the network. It's my favorite channel. It's gotten to a point where my wife's looking at me like, can't we watch something else? Yeah, enough already, right? Hey, but
1: you, you know what though? You have to just tell your wife. Listen, the season's going to be over at the end of October, and then she can watch what she wants to watch on TV, right?
0: Well, no, that's when I get addicted to you on, on MLB Now with Brian Kenny and how you have to fight the sabermetrics guys.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, now I can see why you're in deep water over there at the household. <laughs> but it's a great channel. You know what? You know what's amazing is this channel. It's it, it, in its tenth year. And I think we all struggled when we came here. It's a different way to watch baseball. It's not one game. It's Live Look Kids. It's MLB now. It's Intentional Talk. There's so many different shows. And, and I think we've kind of changed the way that people watch baseball. You get done with your game tonight. You can flip on if there's some West Coast games that are still going on. You can flip on MLB tonight, get caught up on all the scores On the central part of the time zone, the East Coast, what's going on back in the uh, the West Coast game. So we've kind of changed the way that people watch baseball.
0: No doubt about it. And we stole Amelia from you, and she wanted me to say hello. And Amelia wanted me. Oh, she's the best. Oh, she is. And you know
1: what? She's doing what she should be doing right now because. You know, very rarely do you find an Oakland A's fan, a Bay Area fan, here in the Northeast in New Jersey, right? But she was Oakland A's, Bay Area, through and through. She's all things A's. She's all things San Jose Sharks. She is in the right place, and she has found her This was the job working for the A's that Amelia was put on this earth to do. She's happy. You guys should be happy, and she was great. We really miss her here at MLB.
0: She says hello and wants me to ask you about who is uh, DJ
1: Dan? Oh, DJ Dan is the man. He made the (laughs) appearance last night on the show. Now, we can't go to DJ Dan all the time, but DJ Dan has, like, the corny pickup lines. My best pickup line is, "Hey girl, you must work at Starbucks because I like you a latte." So they're corny pickup lines, but <laughs> DJ Dan makes an appearance about once a week on the 10 to 1 a.m. The late night Hardball show.
0: <laughs> I love it. And I gotta tell you, when I heard Zach Pleissack and went, "Wait a minute!" It, I know, yes. I know one Plesak. There There's another play. Ples- Talk about family nephew in the big leagues with the tribe.
1: Yeah, i tell you what, he's come a long way in a short period of time. Drafted by, out of Ball State University, had Tommy John surgery his junior year. The Indians took a flyer on him with his arm in a sling. He's come a long way in a short period of time. Picked up his first big league win against the Yankees in New York. He's been pitching terrific. Uh, got beat up a little bit in his last start last Saturday against the Orioles. He's pitching tomorrow in Kansas City. Uh, he's matched up against Homer Bailey, Um, So he's going to get his first chance pitching in Kansas City. He's been a great story. He's come a long way in a short period of time. Three-pitch guy, good fastball, throw strikes, change up probably his best out pitch, and then he has a pretty good curveball and slider, but he's getting better. He had a rough one his last one, but he looks like he has some staying power, and I think Terry Francona, they like him because he's not afraid to throw the ball over the plate.
0: Let's end on this. We're we're coming up on the All-Star break. You guys will all be in Cleveland. If you had to bet on one team in the second half and bet against a team in the second half, who would those two teams be?
1: My bet against the second half, and and it pains me to say this, I just don't know how the Brewers can continue to do what they're doing when they only get four and five innings out of their starting pitching all the time. And they rely so heavily on their bullpen. I love Yelich. I love Kane. I love Moustakis, but they put a lot of pressure on on their starting pitching so that concerns me and i think a team that is on the way up that they're just slowly making that grind and they're in it And you're like really they're over it your team the oakland a's look out they're going to get mania hopefully back and if aj pucks listen there are reinforcements on the way and i used to think that billy bean you know there's a method to the madness with the oakland a's and it happens year after year and if you count them out You're only shooting yourself in the foot. I think the A's are the sneaky team out west, and they're the sneaky team to get in the wild card. I don't think they're catching the Astros, but they're a solid threat to get into the postseason with the wild card. Watch out for the green and gold.
0: Dan, you are the best. Enjoy the All-Star break in Cleveland. Hopefully we'll talk to you in the second half. All the best. Hey, thank you. And by the way, Matt Chapman is the man. (laughs) We know. We love him. Take care. Got it. Be good. Chris Herman is the first player to hit a grand slam. His first game with the Oakland Athletics. It's not only Oakland Athletics, it's Kansas City Athletics. It's athletics dating back to Philadelphia in 1901. You made A's history last night in a great win for the A's over the Minnesota Twins. How did that feel?
4: Uh, I felt awesome. Just to, uh, <clears throat> again, just be healthy and uh, be able to contribute to this team, to, to pull off a win last night was phenomenal. I couldn't ask for a better opening day for myself. I mean, think about that, you're just happy to be back, you're happy
0: to be healthy, and then the old Grand Slam, and the number one thing is you got the victory. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, yeah, the Grand Slams, those, those are hard to come across, and um, I don't know, man. I, honestly, in that in that uh, moment, I was just trying to put the ball in play, my last at bat, I struck out, and uh, I didn't want to do that again, so. My mindset was just, you know, just tap the ball, man. Just just put it in play right here. And I felt like I had a nice, easy swing, and, you know, the it kind of carried for me a little bit. But, I mean, I did square it up pretty well, but it worked out in my favor. You
0: know, you came into spring training looking like you're going to be the starting catcher for the Oakland Athletics on opening day. You get hurt. You go through the issues. You go through rehab and everything. How tough was that for you to, to go through all of that, but it's great to finally have you back?
4: Oh man, that that was probably uh, the toughest thing I'd, I'd have to uh, overcome. Um, thankfully, I had a, my wife and you know my son there to uh, support me. Uh, my my uh, my mom and my dad, my brother, sister, friends, um, all my family, the training staff here, my teammates, everybody was you know helping me just stay mentally positive. Um, because there there was a point where I I wasn't too sure, man. About a month in, my knee was really just hurting and. Um, I wasn't too sure about it, but I, I stayed positive. I, I continued all my uh, my workouts and uh, treatment as planned, and um, thankfully my knee just slowly but surely got better. And um, once I started running, I started to trust my knee a little bit more, and I was like, okay, like I can, I I know I can play now. Like I know I, that you know if I just keep working hard uh, the way I have been, things are gonna pay off, and I'm gonna come back healthy, and I'm gonna be able to play this year.
0: That always happens with surgery. You just don't know, but there is that point where the light goes on and you start to trust it, and it's not only, I mean, oh my God, for for a catcher, your knee, and having to squat, but, but also for you offensively to where a lot of everybody's power comes from your lower half.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, most importantly, man, just, you know, me being a catcher, I'm always squatting, I'm always uh, bouncing up and down. Um, we use our knees a lot, and uh, if, I'm, if I wasn't going to be comfortable – you know, in that squatting position with, uh, you know, how my knee felt that first month, I I don't know, man. I was talking to my wife about, you know, <laughs> getting, like, coaching jobs and stuff for next season. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, it's just – I'm just very thankful that, you know, my, my surgery w- uh, went well and, um, you know, my surgeon did a good job on my knee.
0: And coming here, Josh Feagley's had a very good first half. Absolutely. There's no question. And I know he did a good job with you last night. And Scott Emerson, Emo, getting ready for the game plan. And, you know, he's such a team player. What have they talked about with the playing time with the two of you going forward with you coming back?
4: Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a mixture of things. Uh, Obviously, um, the Twins are throwing a righty tonight, I think Gibson. Um, So, you know, with me being a left-handed hitter and Josh being a right-handed hitter, you would think that, you know, I would be in the lineup tonight just playing the whole matchups things. But uh, you know, Fegs and, and Fires—they have a great relationship right now. Obviously, uh, Fegs caught the no-hitter, which is fantastic. So you know, he's been catching him all year. And uh, for me, this is almost like the first couple of weeks I've been—I'm gonna be up here. It's gonna be like spring training for me, man. Like I, I gotta—I gotta get to know all these uh, these pitchers, what they like, what they like to do, and um, just help them get deep into ball games. And um, thankfully, you know, I got Fegs here to to ask questions. Emo, Bowmel. Uh, I'm going to constantly just talk to all of our pitchers just to, to make sure I'm, I'm uh, mentally prepared to, to uh, help those guys win. And
0: I want to talk to you about Las Vegas because, you know, we get the minor league report every <laughs> single day, and you start seeing these offensive numbers that are <laughs> off the charts, right? Everything looks great. Jorge Mateo hits a triple every single night. <laughs> Everybody's hitting jacks, right? Here yeah. comes Franklin Barreto again. And then I'm looking at all the pitchers' numbers, and I'm looking at guys with ERAs in the sixes and the fives. What is going down in AAA right now? With because they're playing with the big league ball for the first time.
4: Yeah, um, I think that has something to do with it, which is good. I mean, obviously, if you're in AAA and you know you're you're a young buck and you're trying to get back up or get into the major leagues, or you know you're. Uh, you're just uh, you've had some showtime, and you're trying, you're trying to get your way back up to the big leagues. Why not use, you know, the balls that you're supposed to be using in the uh, the big leagues? But you know, on top of that, man, like Vegas, I guess the elevation is super high there. It's a big ballpark, but I mean, man, I, I saw a couple cheap homers, you know, 88 miles an hour off the bat, just like sneaking over the fence, and I just I couldn't believe it. Um, and the guys who were, you know, getting all of it. Those balls were going 500 feet. It seemed like it was. It was pretty crazy, man. It, it's a. It's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, the surrounding area is great. You got the Red Rock Casino Hotel right there. That's where I stayed. Uh, Summerlin, where there's you know restaurants and shopping, outdoor shopping and stuff. It's. It's just a phenomenal area. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better rehab spot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like vacation whenever my family came to visit me. So it was great. Yeah,
0: it's like all of a sudden you're playing in Vegas. Now everybody wants to come out. You're in Vegas?
4: Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It, it was great. I, I loved it, man. I, and I told Fran, the the manager down there, I was like, man, I couldn't. This was so much fun, man. Like, usually rehab sucks, but I, I had a blast, man. This is, this is a great place to play. That's the one thing that we've been getting a lot of reports, that the ballpark is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, it could be a, a big league ballpark. Yeah, it, I don't think it holds more than twenty thousand uh, fans, but I mean, just it's just a beautiful ballpark. You just look at it; uh, the architecture on it is fantastic. Uh, big wall in left field, big uh, jumbotron. It's just amazing, man. They got a pull in right center field. They did it right there.
0: How nice is it to join this team now that the team is surging again?
4: It's awesome. Um, obviously, we want to keep that going. Uh, and I don't want to be the guy to, to mess that up, you know. I know whenever Bo was here, he did a great job. And um, I'm just thankful to be here, man. And uh, like I said, I have a lot of homework to do, uh, getting to know all these pitchers. And, uh, yeah, man, that's what that's the, that's the role of a catcher. We just have all, you know, double the amount of work of everybody else.
0: Well, yeah, not only do you have to learn everybody down here, not only your starter and all your leavers, but you got to know everybody on the other team.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, again, we have a lot of guys who take a lot of pride and do a lot of hard work on the, the analytical part of the baseball game and uh, all the video and stuff. It's all there. So whatever you want to look at on uh, your opposing team, they have it for us here.
0: How much time do you really do study on an everyday basis?
4: Uh, an everyday basis? I mean, I would like to at least be in there for you know at least 20 minutes. And you know we have iPads and stuff right there in our locker so we can just pull it up. You know, you're taking a break from, you know, doing some eating food or, you know, working out or whatever it may be. And uh, just take a peek at the, that iPad, look at the look at the, uh, the data there and uh, all the videos just to help you, you know, getting a, get a understanding of how to get those guys out.
0: You know, people talk about, oh, you know, he hasn't been around, but, you know, he may caught some guys in spring training. But there's something about a pitcher. When he gets out on that mound, everything changes. And you really need to know how he ticks. In good times, bad times, and really in the bad times, you need to help get him through. How long do you think that chemistry takes for a catcher and a pitcher for you to really know how a guy ticks once he gets out on the mound?
4: Uh, It's it's funny you ask that because I've had guys where, you know, we click right away, and some guys it takes, you know, a couple of outings. So um, it all just depends, man. Uh, Everybody's different in their own ways. And, um, you know, I might just click better with a, a certain pitcher over another one. So uh, the ones that I don't click with, that's, those are the ones that I got to really just, you know, after a game or before a game, just, you know, ask him what he wants to do. That way we're on the same page.
0: And in, for a modern-day catcher, you now have to deal with more relievers than any catchers have ever had to deal with in the history of baseball.
4: Yeah, uh, I know. It doesn't seem like too long ago. Uh, all the starters were pitching, you know, complete games. and that's just not the case anymore. Uh, you know, pitch uh, starters are anywhere from five to, to six innings, and then you get three relievers. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're working with those relievers all the time. and. You know, those guys are just as important as our starters.
0: Thank you for coming
4: out. And, by the way, this isn't a bad bad set, is it, for a radio show? No, it's it's great. Y'all have some awesome uh, audio here. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, we're, <laughs> I'm kind of an audiophile, so. <laughs> hey, I mean, think about it. We're right on the field. We can
0: get players. It is the best. Hey, thank you for coming out. Congratulations on the home run last night. Thank you. And great to have you back. Great to have you healthy again. Continued success, and we'll talk to you after the All-Star break. All right, sounds good, Chris. Thank uh, you. Chris Herman doing a great job for your Oakland Athletics. Liam Hendricks, one of the great turnarounds. We've talked to him about how went down to AAA, changed things. He did it his way, and now he's the, arguably the best reliever in baseball. Liam, we've, we've talked so much about what you do for people and animals off the field, but today it's all about you. Congratulations. You're an American League All-Star. Thank you very much. It's always weird saying American League when I'm Australian, but uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> what, what, what did that mean to you when you got the call that you're going to the All-Star game in Cleveland and your, and your wife is from close by and you're going to have so much family with you? What was that phone call like?
2: Uh, it was cool. Like, uh, So I get to the field and Bomo gave me a call and I answered him like, hey, I'm just going to walk into your office. And uh, Yeah, he told me in the office. And yeah, I definitely me. get a little weaker. And it was just, uh, I mean, it was, it was totally unexpected because I've been convincing myself that it wasn't a big deal to me because we just, uh, we just made plans to go to big Surf for the all-star break. Like um, I was a little disappointed when the, the original list came out and I wasn't a part of it, but I understood the fact of it's extremely hard to make it as a non-closer. And uh, you look at the relievers who made it for the American league all-star team. You got Chapman, uh, Brad hand, you've got uh, Sh- Shane Green, who's leading everything and everything. And then you've got uh, Ryan Presley who, broke some like thousand inning school district or whatever it was i mean you can't compete with those four guys so i'm just happy to be part of it and was just happy to be in even in consideration for it as well
0: and it really couldn't have been a better city for you and your family and your wife than having the game in cleveland
2: <laughs> yeah seriously uh so my wife's father lives in uh father and stepmom live in uh live in ohio they're about an hour and a half away so um yeah we got family there we've um I guess my wife has already spoken to a couple of our friends, and they're going to make the trip from Florida down. So um, yeah, we it's going to be a good group of people out there. I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm just excited to be a part of it, to be honest. Like I, after last year and everything that I went through, it's uh, it was this isn't the year that I expected to have, but it's been a blessing. So,
0: I think about the last year we were just talking about it, where you're DFA'd on June 25th. Next thing you know, you go back down, you reestablish yourself. You're going to do it your way and your way works, next thing you know, you're starting a playoff game, now you're closing out games, and now you're going to the All-Star game. This is one of the great stories that we have seen in Major League Baseball, just for you as a person, how you've basically gotten over all these hurdles to get where you are. What has that meant to you as a person and as a professional athlete?
2: yeah it's been an uh it's been an interesting 12 months obviously about 12 months and three days ago i kept in my outright assignment to nashville and um yeah i mean looking back on it there was no chance i ever expected to be doing something like this um i'm just happy like I've, i've gone out there i've changed my mindset a little bit so i'm kind of going in there expecting nothing and being very being very grateful when i can get anything going so um I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Like, I was getting a little complacent, but not only that, I was going in there expecting, okay, I'm the sixth inning guy. So if I came in in the fourth inning, I was annoyed because, it's like, this is my role, what are we doing? And this year I've come in with a different mentality of, like, um, I'm just going to go out there. If they want me to pitch the sixth, they want me to pitch the sixth. They want me to pitch the first, I'll throw the first. I'm not, not concerned with what role my, what role I have. I'm just going out there. I'm just happy to be part of the team, and I'm just happy to be pitching. All I want to do is pitch, and uh, they've been I've been lucky enough to be throwing well, so I can get can get out of it.
0: What has been the conversation like between Bob Melvin, Scott Emerson, and you? To where this isn't Liam, Liam coming in the six, this isn't Liam being the opener. You right now are the A's closer. What are the what have the conversations been like? I mean, the conversations
2: have been pretty brief. It's just been me, pretty much, telling you, like no matter what inning you choose before, I'll be ready. So if they want me to do whatever role, whatever situation, I've just given them the big, the old go ahead. Like, I don't care. Like I'm not, I've kind of taken the ego away and it's, it's been refreshing. I'm not worried about any role or anything like that. If you need, if, if I'm, if you want me to pitch the six, I'll pitch the six. I'm not concerned with it. I'm just going to go out there and get people out. And that's all I've been doing so far. So it's been, uh, it's been a good little stretch, but. I mean, you look at the stuff, the guys we got behind it, it's, it's a lot, lot easier to go out there with some confidence when you got this defense behind it.
0: Take me through the mental mindset of the way you are right now because right now I'm watching you pitch with a whole lot of conviction, and you're coming right after people, whether it's the fastball, whether it's the breaking ball. Just tell me from a mental standpoint, where are you compared to last year?
2: I mean, I'm in a completely different place last year. There were times where, if, like, if I, got, if I went out there and I was feeling good, like, I was good. But if there were other times where I went out there, I wasn't feeling great, and so I was trying to make sure I missed bats, and I threw it out of the zone and got people to chase rather than going out there and being like, no, hit this if you can. And that's pretty much where my mindset is now. It's like I'm going out there. I'm not, i do not want to give anybody any free passes. I'm going to make them beat me, and that's, that's my entire goal now. Is you have to beat me to be able to get on base, and – I think it's it's worked well for me so far because it's just I'm going out there, I'm throwing strikes, I'm keeping people off balance, and and as I said, you need to beat me. I'm not going to give you a free pass and give you an opportunity to get on base.
0: It it just sounds like you're in a different world, and it's got to be very refreshing. It's gonna I mean, this is this has got to be the best time of your career.
2: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, I'm having an extremely good year so far, and I mean, I've been selected the All Star game. I mean, I'm on cloud nine right now. They kind of. I can't explain it well enough in in the limited vocabulary I have. So it's um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of this team, and I'm excited to go there and represent the A's of the All-Star Game. You
0: know, and and I think of all the things that you do, you and your wife, away from the field, where you're making sure kids go home with food with the with the backpacks, and I think about you teaming up with ARF and and, and helping animals. It it it's just like both. Both sides of your life right now are all going in the right direction. Am, am, am I clear with that? Does that seem right? That all the great stuff you're doing off the field, and now all the stuff you're doing on the field, they, the way they go hand in hand must be so rewarding.
2: Yeah, it, it's all coming together pretty nicely right now, and obviously this is um, this is just a, this is just another stepping stone and then raising that platform up a little bit higher. That there's going to be more people that are being able to get involved with what we're doing out here with uh with no kid hungry and with off and all the animal rescues we deal with this is just uh hopefully this is another chance to raise awareness for the causes i'm using cyberbullying involved and it's just one of those things where we're going out there now and and the the better i pitch i mean at the end of the day yeah it's it's great for me but it's also the biggest thing for me is it's great for all the stuff that i do off the field and like as i said i don't want to be remembered for what I am able to do on the field and everything like that, I want to be—I want to be remembered for the type of person I was, the type of person what I'm doing inside the community. The baseball stuff—it's that'll figure itself out, whether it is whether it's good or whether it's bad or whatever happens. I'm just trying to leave this world a better place, and hopefully, we can go out there and the stuff we're doing off the field is making a difference.
0: Well, I can tell you, I've covered this game a long time, and you have one of the best perspectives of any guy that I've ever covered. And let's talk about your team right now. Uh, where is the ball club right now where are they mentally with three games left and right now eight games over 500 which is the best all year
2: yeah we're in a good place right now um we're, we're playing some good baseball we've gone up against some tough teams and we've uh, we've come out doing all right. so i mean at the end of the day it's just we're going out there and i think everybody's kind of taking the pressure off themselves that we had earlier in the year of like oh no we need to repeat what we did last year and now we're just we're just playing the game we're getting contributions from, from guys up one through nine of the order. I think that's what we did last year, and that's what we were missing a little bit earlier, where we, it's just uh, one side would work well and the other side wouldn't. And then we'd hit well and we wouldn't pitch well. Or we pitch well, we wouldn't hit well. And now it's just uh, everything's clicking on all cylinders. And um, as, when it rains, it pours. And obviously this is a big series for us, because the, uh, the Mariners have had our number this year so far. and Now we're looking for some payback, and we're in, that, we're in a good spot to be able to give it back
0: to them. Let's end on this. We're starting to see bullpens pitch more innings than ever before. We're starting to see more relievers get hurt than ever before. We're seeing numbers that are not very good for relievers. And I think the one thing that you can talk about with your team, just talk about really how good the starting pitchers for the athletics so far, what they have done for this season in 2019.
2: I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, a lot of people wrote our starting rotation off before the season even started. And then they went on a little bit of a hot streak to start the year off, and they went into a bit of a lull. And, I mean, we've had guys, like one through five, we've had guys come up that are doing extreme, like, incredible things. It's just uh, – anytime you can get a good starting rotation going, it makes your entire pitching staff better because the bullpen gets the slack taken off. Them. That means that if a starter goes seven, you're only using one, maybe two guys to go to the last two innings, and all of a sudden everybody else is fresh. And that's the biggest thing. It's like our bullpen – We've thrown a lot of innings, don't get me wrong, but we've had the games in between where we've been able to go out there and give guys a break because the starting rotation is doing extremely well.
0: Liam, congratulations. You've earned everything you have gotten. It's been great to watch you turn into an all-star, and for the rest of your life, they'll say all-star Liam Henders. Congratulations. Have a wonderful time at the game, and have a wonderful time with your family. You deserve it.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Daniel, welcome to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So we had Joey Chestnut on before July 4th. <laughs> he, he actually lives over by me. Uh, we both went to San Jose State. He ate 70, What his record's 74, but he ate 71 hot dogs in 10 minutes. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes?
5: Oh, man. I, if I had to, probably 20, maybe. Wow. I mean, just 70, 70 seems like such an astronomical number. It's just that blows my mind. I can't get over it.
0: <laughs> imagine, imagine how horrible you'd feel after that.
5: <laughs> Literally, like, fathom it.
0: <laughs> well, you guys up at Driveline are, are are pretty amazing. And I know that the athletics, when I was up there with the A's in Seattle, I know Scott Emerson and a couple of the staff went over there to Driveline to, 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 to check it out. What is it like working there, knowing that – the the innovation of, of making baseball players better is what you do and you guys do a phenomenal job with it
5: um i mean it it really is awesome um you know it's something that i just cherish because you know i played professionally professionally for a while and you know now i get to really give back to the game to to make sure that you know nobody goes without the information that i'm sure people have gone without so far you know what i mean like just making sure that everybody has access to every bit of knowledge that we can give them so that you know they have the autonomy over their careers to make it what they want to
0: yeah this where we are now and you know the craze all started with us, the A's and Moneyball, and the book came out, and then everybody's into sabermetrics. But back then, that was about math equations. Now we're making players better through stuff like TrackMan and Rapsado and, and these high-tech cameras. Tell us what you do with pitchers. Tell us what you do with hitters, because it's now about making the player, the individual, better.
5: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so what you just mentioned, um, you know, is definitely a significant piece to the puzzle, um, but it is only one piece of the puzzle. Um, so, you know, what you referenced are pitch tracking technologies, which you know we operate under. You know, the assumption that the more data, the better. So, so the more that you can have, you know, as long as you are analyzing it and putting it to good use, like you can never have too much data. Um, and so, what we do with the pitch tracking technology is just. You know, it's a way to, to spot check what guys stuff looks like, um, you know, where, you know, what does a curveball look like? What does it spin like? Um, how much is it moving? Um, and we can use that in conjunction with some high speed cameras to find out if the ball's coming out of their hand differently than, you know, they think it is. Um, you know, you can only rely on proprioception so much. Um, you know, at the end of the day,
0: you need technology to help guide you. And I think about pitch shaping. Is pitch shaping the biggest thing that you guys do? Uh,
5: That's a, I mean, it's a tough question to say one way or the other, um, that one thing is the most important thing that we do. Um, And and the reason that I say that is because every pitcher that comes to see us is different. Um, And so while we can get pitchers who have dynamite arsenals, you know, that, they don't really need much work there, but they just don't throw hard enough. You know, we've got, we've got things that, you know, are important for them that maybe are more important than pitch shaping or pitch designing. And then, you know, we've got guys who might, you know, throw 100, and, but they have no secondary offering whatsoever. And so for those types of pitchers, yes, pitch shaping and, you know, pitch design is going to be really, really important for them.
0: Yeah, velocity is such a big deal in our game. And it just seems like, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, everybody coming out of the bullpen is now throwing 97. How do you take a human being who thinks they're maxed out velocity-wise, how do you take them and how do you get them to even throw harder than they ever did before?
5: Uh, Well, it's it's all through the assessment process. Um, You know, we run them through our own biomechanics lab. Um, We create a mocap report for them. Um, and so that right out of the gate is going to tell us just how well they move, how fast they move, and, you know, where their body's, body and body parts are at in time and space um, to, you know, help try and work out some inefficiencies within their delivery. So for some people, it's simply they just need to move better. Um, for other people, it might be they need a strength focus, which is what our, you know, our strength assessment that we put them through is going to tell us. Um, you know, so it's, like I said, there's no... There's no right or wrong answer. There's no exact science to this. Um, You have to make it individualized with each athlete that comes through so that you can make sure that, like, the program, their program is catered and tailored exactly to their needs.
0: So if you want to get a hold of Driveline Baseball and you want the ability to potentially train with them, you go to their website, drivelinebaseball.com. That's drivelinebaseball.com. I know more about the pitching side than I do the hitting side. So kind of elaborate to us what you guys do with hitters. Um, Well, I
5: am in the same boat as you. I know a lot more about the pitching side (laughs) than I do the hitting side. Um, You know, my – My knowledge of the hitting side just comes from being able to interact with the hitting trainers now, now that I'm an employee of DriveLine. Um, But I do know that they've got a really, really good program in place. Um, You know, obviously the the odds seem to be stacked against hitters in modern-day baseball, um, but they're definitely working towards trying to level the playing field.
0: Well, we're seeing home runs fly out of the ballpark. It's unbelievable. So all these different changes that are happening in the game and what you guys are doing with hitters, no no question, is it working? How rewarding is it for you, as someone that did pitch at the highest level, to, to, to work with these young athletes and to watch them walk out your door knowing that they're a better player now because of what you guys did for them?
5: Oh, it's tremendously rewarding. Um, and, you know, like, I don't do it for the gratitude. Um, you know, I do it because there were people along the way that helped me. Um, and, you know, and that always has resonated with me is, you know, people went out of their way and took me under their wing and, you know, showed me the ropes. Um, and so like, I'm forever grateful for that. And so I just wanted to, you know, make the most of the opportunity that I have now to try and give that back. Um, you know, there's, there's no athlete that is, you know, a finished product really. And so we can always, always be working to get better, Um, and so it's just—it's really been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I I think about what Billy Bean said. If anybody could figure out how to prevent Tommy John surgery, you'd be a billionaire. (laughs) What do you guys do with everything that you're looking at and trying to help pitchers? What do you do to try, and and I don't know if it's a, a different delivery or something to try and keep them healthy as much as you possibly can?
5: Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up um, because, you know, velocity games are not the only thing that we want to be known for. Um, You know, a big part of our program is helping, you know, pitchers to throw more efficiently. Um, And with that, you know, if their velocity starts to trend up, you know, hopefully it's not at the, you know, sacrifice of stress on your elbow or shoulder. Um, And so we make sure that we are constantly retesting our athletes. Um, We have six week training blocks. And, you know, we are just retesting at the end of those and making sure that, you know, we've, you know, A, we're making gains, A, that or B, that they're moving more efficiently, and C, that they're taking stress off of their bodies to do so.
0: How many big league teams have contacted you and sent players to you or, uh, like, the A's, they came to look at what you guys are doing? Um, That I do not know. Um, That is, you know...
5: I would say, I guess, above my pay grade, Um, you know, and it's, you know, I don't know what types of discussions go on between uh, the CEO and founder and the directors of pitching that we have. You know, I don't know how those conversations happen, what they sound like. Um, You know, I just, I do know that we're starting to make an impact in the game of baseball and people are taking notice of it. Um, And that is, that's good enough for me.
0: You, you know, it was uh, really impressive the way the Houston Astros said, okay, we're going to get Justin Verlander, and we're going to make Justin Verlander better. When you look around Major League Baseball, with the technology that you have, and Major League Baseball teams have this technology, who do you think is the best at remaking baseball players and making them better inside the game?
5: Um, I would I would have to say that the uh, the Astros are number one um, that they do it better than anybody else right now. Um, I think the Dodgers are probably second. Um, and, you know, I think that everybody else is, is trying to play catch up in some way, shape or form. Um, but, uh, I think that everybody is definitely aware of the fact that, you know, data and technology and baseball can coexist and can actually be used to, you know, improve processes and things of that nature.
0: So we know what you guys are doing is state-of-the-art, and it's the best in the game right now. And I know everybody's always looking to get better and looking to the future. Where do you think this evolves to? What do you think is the next craze in baseball to make players better?
5: Oof. Boy, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I, um, I'm not sure that I have a finite answer for that. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what baseball is going to look like in five years. Um, I just know that it's going to be different than it is now. Um, you know, baseball will change probably more in the next five years than it has over the previous 25, um, and, I, and I do really firmly believe that, um, but I don't really know what that's going to look like at the end of the day.
0: Would you say where we are right now, that this is the best in shape, the best athletes we have ever seen in the game of baseball? I think we're getting there.
5: I mean, I think that you have to say that right now it's the best. I don't think there's really any debating that. Um, You know, we just, as people continue to specialize in baseball training, I think that you'll just continue to see a better baseball athlete. Um, And, you know, even more so just the cream rises to the top, you know, it's, it's going to get harder and harder to become a big league baseball player, um, you know, just because the level that you have to be able to perform at is going to be so high.
0: Daniel, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. And we'd love to be able to, if we have some questions, call on you because what we know you guys are doing there at Driveline is state-of-the-art no one's doing it better.
5: Absolutely, man. Feel free to ask any questions as they pop up. Have a great weekend. All right, you do the same.